Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined as always by our beat reporters, Jim Thomas, who's still in the Mile High City, and Tom Timmerman. Well, guys, I, I guess it's uh, it's uh, time to pay tribute to a run that, that finally ended, as uh, JT, you wrote. Uh, pretty amazing. 16-game point streak, 10-game uh, uh, point streak on the road. Both are really difficult to do in the National Hockey League. So this is this team played some of its best regular season hockey that, uh, frankly, we've seen. Yeah, it was uh, it was amazing to watch and to to uh, uh, to see it unfold from the earliest part of the season. That, you know, Craig Berube talked about, hey, we want to be playing our best hockey in March and April, and uh, uh, March not so much, but uh, April uh, they they really got after it and uh, uh, a lot of a lot of fun to watch it would have been nice if they closed out the season with the streaks but uh that second period it was uh, very reminiscent uh, to me of the uh how they played in the uh playoffs against uh against Colorado and couldn't quite overcome that although yeah and I'm sure we'll get into it it was it was good to see uh, Ryan O'Reilly get off the snide there and kind of reminiscent of the Cardinals uh, late season 17 game win streak at the end of last season but it's, I was impressed by just how they transitioned from that terrible month of March into an incredible month of April. I mean, there was like a, a few games there in a transitional period, but they went from being not very good to being really good. Um, it, was like, it was like flipping a switch. I mean, they just, because that month of March was awful. Um, but here they are. If you balance them out, they're kind of like a 500 team, I guess, since uh, the end of February. Well, JT, so many things went well. Uh, you know, Robert Thomas breaks out, you know, that line with Buchnevich and Tarasenko just was on fire, but trying to, trying to pinpoint the catalyst for how this team got better. Uh, boy, David Fraun was having a tough season and uh, you know, then he wasn't and he's healthy and, and he, he gets on fire and this team, um, which for a while was, was the Jordan Cairo show. Suddenly there's just all kinds of guys scoring, but, well, you know, getting Perron back among the living to me has really stood out. Yeah, it it, it really did, and uh, you, you make a great point too, just about how different guys at different times. I mean, like you said, for a while it was the Cairo show, and then uh, uh, a little bit after the uh, uh, the Winter Classic, Shen got going, and he for the longest time uh, he was their leading scorer since uh, 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 January first on, and and then uh, Perron. Uh, really got going and, and, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing kind of the consistency he's had, uh, uh, really almost since he's come here, even, even with some, uh, some, uh, injuries and, uh, you know, on that, you, you can't underestimate what he's done on the power play. I mean, it, uh, 11, I think it is, uh, power play goals for him. So fun to watch. I also, I don't know, coincidence, cause and effect. I mean, he, just right after they get Letty, they go on the run. Actually, the, the road run started March the 22nd. That was Letty's first game uh, in, in, in Washington. So, you know, maybe he had a calming influence, a settling influence. I think players, you know, it, when they see the front office doing something, I think it, it, it maybe gives them a little bit of confidence and a little bit of a spark. But uh, no matter what, the, the overall point streak, really, it started after that abomination against Carolina. What was it, 7-2 to two, that score was? And mm -hmm. yeah. since then, they, 
they've they've gone bananas. Yeah, you know, and the influence of Luddy also was that at a time when other defense when when Krug got hurt, that they had someone there. What it would have been like had they not had Letty and lost Krug, and then you have a lineup which had both Mikola and Rosen in it. How does that sort out? But you know, you can talk about Parami, you know, Tarasenko's play was amazing. Buchnevich came along. I mean, every it's a kind of it's it's weird that I mean there were just so many guys that you can point to on this run of being, you know, playing really good hockey. Yeah, and let's uh, let, let's look to the blue line where you know we had much praise in the net front for the last couple of years for Justin Falk's evolution as an all-around defender. But uh, lest we forget when, uh, you know, back in the day in Carolina, his deal was he was a shooter and uh, he was going to score some goals from the blue line. And uh, boy, has he asserted himself offensively, JT. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he always had a hard shot. It seems like it's even, it's even got uh, picked up some velocity, uh, uh, lately and, and, uh, amazing stat actually Bernie, our, our, our dear friend, Bernie Nicholas pointed this out once that the overall point streak started the 28th, this was like entering last night. So it may change. Falk was the, believe it or not. I mean, it was, it was almost stunning to me. He, he was the top scoring defenseman in the league from March 28th to now. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, that that can't be underrated. Uh, not just his defense, but his offense. And I think you know he he's got a decent amount, a fair amount of power play time this year. In those 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 trips to the candy stores, I call it uh, the defenseman. Well, everybody likes it, and it's it, it's you know it, it's it's one thing that gets me for Pareko when people say, oh, well, why can't he score? Why are his point points uh, down? Well, he's never on the power play. And, and you can see what, what, what happens when a guy gets a, a defenseman gets on the power play. It, it's really increased Fox numbers. I think he's just one goal shy of his uh, career high. And I think he's just one or two points shy Fox of his career high in, uh, in, in points. So it, it has been, uh, it's been fun to watch and just kind of a last ad on this. I always, I check the scoring, but goals by defenseman from time to time. And, you know, you, you lose two 10-goal, sometimes 10-goal-plus scores in back-to-back years in Petro and Dunn. I'm like, that was an important layer of the Blues offense. How are they going to uh, recover? And, uh, you know, they're not quite as good as they were, but they're, they're like fourth, fifth in goals by defensemen. So thanks in large part to Falk, they've been able to, uh, you know, kind of fill the void uh, uh, by lo- losing a couple of uh, offensive defensemen. You know, and Falk, uh, the Falk-Letty pairing has worked out well enough that if everybody is healthy, all of a sudden Tory Krug's on your third pairing. Um, so that that's, says something about how this unit has come together, that Tory Krug, a very prominent part of this team's blue line, all of a sudden is going to be he's playing with Robert Bortuzzo um, on that third pairing. So it's uh, that's another, you know, it, it depends. We don't know how Marco Scandella is going to be after getting hurt last night. Um but there's a, a plenty. It's a defenseman of plenty uh, back there right now, if healthy. And who we would not have said that uh, earlier this season uh, when they, this team was obviously at least one guy short. But some good things have happened. Uh, but yeah, let's let's do jump to the injury front. Uh, as Tom mentions, JT uh, Marco Scandella, who's been really ele- really elevated his play once he got healthy and got back into the mix. 
uh, really picked up and put himself in position to get important minutes. You hate to see him go down after making those strides. Uh, that's a negative on the plus side. Plus side, it seems like Bortuzzo will be fine for the playoffs. Uh, and there's also uh, Shannon Braun should be okay. So on balance on at the moment, JT, it looks like Scandella is the, uh, the, the bigger concern uh, with the postseason play uh, coming next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and Baruby was, was pretty forthright about that. It's kind of a, a balance this close and you can, you could almost tell not just with the injuries, but just kind of how they were, they were using uh, players, you know, uh, he, he wanted to get Bozak in for a couple of games, uh, wanted to get Mikola a game. Uh, but uh, a lot of these guys have these tweaks, you know, I, we'll call them minor injuries that maybe in the regular season, they wouldn't let them, they wouldn't have them sit. They, 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 they keep going, but, but uh, you know, it, it was almost precautionary on some of these guys and, and definitely on Peron and, and uh, yet another uh, uh, late, late, late scratch. There have been more late scratches for this team where you see them coming out on the ice and, Oh my God, Peron's uh, not there or uh, Mikola's not there or whoever, whoever it is. But, yeah, it looks like Scandella is going going to to miss some time. He sounded uh, concerned about that, and that's a shame because, like he said, uh, Jeff, ever since he came back from that, that uh, I think it was a lower body injury, he's played pretty well. And what a play! One of the plays of the year, saving that uh, saving that goal after the uh, uh, the puck uh, bounced off uh, Jordan Kyrou's skate. That was just uh, that was an amazing thing. You know, the way the game worked out, you know, you wonder, gosh, you, you know, it, you didn't need to save it when the way the second period was going to go. It turns out it was, you know, <laughs> could have let that one go in and it wouldn't have changed the result. But um, yeah, I mean, that that's one of those things you see maybe once a year, the puck going in off maybe once every three years, puck going in during a delayed penalty, but that uh, an all out play there by, uh, by Marco Scandella. It's a, a tough play to make because you still, you know, you're flying there and you got to get the stick on the on the ice to to stop that puck. It's um, he paid the price for it. Yeah, I guess JT with these late scratches, um, are, are we concerned um, as a public, as a larger community, <laughs> that perhaps the uh, the soccer warmups have gotten violent? I mean, what's uh, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> it, it, it 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 could be. And, uh, well, but you also know this time of year, everybody's probably got something uh, going on. Just, and Tori Krug, now we heard this, we were told the, late, the latest injury was upper body. He comes out to talk to the uh, media last night, and he's got an industrial size ice pack on his left knee. So, mm -hmm. you know, hockey <laughs> players, it's always something. Yeah, Krug had that. Save, yeah, that ice pack on his knee when, uh, in Boston after his game there. So uh, that's something that obviously has been bothering him for a while. Now, you wonder, you know, if. if yeah, I'm no doctor, Tom, but I don't think that's an upper body. I don't know. No. Am I wrong? <laughs> it would appear to me, unless Tory Krug spends a lot of time walking on his hands, that that would be a, uh, a lower body uh, injury. But, uh, no, you, you wonder, you know, how much of it is uh, these late scratches are surprises to us but not surprises to Baruby because wasn't there one day in which you know Shen was out there but you know didn't do the power play uh unit uh work in the morning skating you wonder if he knows I'm not going to play this guy tonight but I don't want to tip my hand or I don't want to give it away you wonder how much of it is 
is gamesmanship or how much of it is Shen slept funny on it when he went back to the hotel room after the morning skate? Well, guys, the uh, guy, we got to start getting into a few negatives here and there. And um, so, but the, it was sort of a good news, bad news for Jordan Kyber. The good news was he got to move up in the lineup with a couple guys out and uh, it took advantage of it and good, good on him. But uh, you know, every now and then, and pretty much every game, he does something that it's like, dude, the North, North, your, you know, your own blue line, my friend. Now's not the time to look. No, North. Some of the stuff, guys, some of the, some of these turnovers, man, it's the playoffs are next week. And uh, I got to, you know, he is, I don't know what's going on. He's got to realize the playoffs are next week, JT. Some, some of these mistakes are like, my God, we're at the end of the year, man. You've been getting yelled at all year about this. Yeah, and that that to me, I'm sure uh, the chief wouldn't use this word, but it's almost uh, comedic to me that how exasperated Ruby gets with him. It's like he's got a family of 23 children, and Kyrie's the problem child. You know, he's the <laughs> one that's always you know is is getting in trouble, whatever it might be. And uh, yeah, I I think. Uh, uh, if we had an award uh, most exasperating player, I, I think it would go to Cairo. And, you know, he's such a, he's such a dazzling or can be such a dazzling offensive player, but there were, uh, what was it? The, uh, the game that really drew his ire. Or was it the, uh, it was the Arizona game where he's skating with a puck and he just, it's like he dropped it and he kind of kept going and uh, Oh my goodness. Did that. And that, and that led to the goal that kind of started the, uh, uh, the Arizona uh, comeback. How, 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 how about the Coyotes uh, going into uh, XL uh, Ener- uh, Energy Center and beating uh, Minnesota? But yeah, Cairo. Uh, yeah, and 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 you know it's it, it, it's a fact. One you know one play like that, and it could be okay. Turn the lights off. Out the season's over. You just lost. Go get the golf club. So yeah, there's there's a kind of a danger uh, Will Robinson factor there with uh, with Jordan Cairo. And I'm I'm a little bit amused by it. I have to say, I, I'm sure uh, Chief Baruby isn't. Well, postseason begins on May the second. Whether or not that's the day the Blues play, I don't know. But the postseason begins on May second. This problem is not going to be fixed between now and May second. It is not going to change. And the Jordan Cairo we've seen all season is going to be the playoff Jordan Cairo. He's not going to get stronger on the stick. He's not going to win more puck battles. You know, he's, he's going to do these same things. And while some of it is mental, I don't think this is a thing where he's going to, you know, spend an hour in the isolation room and say, okay, I will make this pass that I didn't make in the previous 81 games. I think that's what you're going to do, what you're going to see going forward, at least for this season, is that's Jordan Cairo. But also, Jordan Cairo is a high-event player. Things will happen with Jordan Cairo on the ice. Many will be good. Some will be bad. So, so JT, this will go back to the point I made a few weeks ago on the, in the net front. Well, first of all, I think we'll see Jordan. I think we're going to look at the game summary and see that Jordan Cairo played eight minutes and 47 seconds in some of these games, if that much. Because I, I could see, and you know, we talked about it before, uh, when uh, they moved uh, the uh, Torovchenko up to, to crash and, and burn with uh, – the uh, Braden Shen and, and, and Ivan Barbashev, 
possibility there to just have a line that goes out and bangs around and can score. Uh, yeah, I can see the chief condensing lines and I can see that happening. And I can see Jordan being not, not relegated to the fourth line again per se, but being sheltered at best and, um, and disappeared when it comes to the last, uh, you know, seven, eight minutes of a close game. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, no, no doubt about it. What, whatever the, uh, the blues call their, their, their closeout unit that closes out games. I, I don't think, uh, uh, Jordan will, uh, will be on there. That's, uh, that's for sure. But, you know, he, in a lot of ways, he, he has gotten better. I know that sounds weird, but boy, does he, does he have a, a long way to go on, uh, on some of the things that are there that have just mystifying to the, uh, uh, to, 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 to Ruby. Yeah. And if the forward units are healthy, they can, if, if they're not trying to score a goal, if they have a lead and are protecting it, they don't need to play Jordan Cairo as much. Um, so that's, you know, one thing that they've got, they've got the forwards if, um, you know, if they're in the lead uh, to protect a game. Now on a positive note, um, Nathan Walker, good to see uh, him get a little more love too in the, the post-dispatch STL today.com. And, you know, it's interesting when you look at, uh, I look forward beyond this year, this was the, his best run in the NHL after all these years. Uh, he has, uh, he's put together some significant ice time at this level. Um, I would not mind him as the extra forward in a year when they're clearly going to have to clear out some, some forwards. Um, some of it might be painful in terms of the supporting cast. Um, but he, I can see him as a low wage uh, extra guy that you're going to want to have and mix in and out of the lineup because you don't want to have a young player in that role. And, you know, Nathan Walker's earned it, JT. I mean, one of our persistent chatters has been championing him. You know, of course, he thinks he's a scoring line guy, and, uh, you know, he, he's not. But uh, he can – his tenacity and the fact he's kept up his tempo, uh, this is going to be a guy that may have earned himself, um, not, you know, a little more time in the NHL beyond the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't think by his size that he's a fourth liner, but, but he is. He has – I think he plays like he, he, he thinks he's a big guy because he'll throw his body around. How many times have we seen him throw his body around or someone run into him and he gets knocked down and he gets right up and, 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 and goes, and he's got the speed and the energy that, that, that you want on the, on the fourth line. And, you know, he kind of alluded to it the, the other, uh, yesterday when I was talking to him, he, he's, it's, it's almost like he's, he's figured out what he needs to do and, 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 and how, how he needs to, uh, uh, to play to be an NHL player. And he's 28. I mean, it's not like he's a prospect or anything. It's, it's taken him uh, a while, but, you know, I can see a future with, uh, as you say, either he's an extra forward or, or he's a fourth line guy with, uh, with Torbchenko. You know, I, I really don't think, uh, and God bless him. And, and he's playing well now. I, I, I have a hard time thinking that, uh, that Bozak is back. You have to make room for, for Jake neighbors uh, next year on the, on the roster. Uh, Zachary Bolduc. I mean, he's got 50 goals in like 62 games in, in the queue, but I, I think he, he's probably a year away, but yeah, you're right, Jeff. There, you got to open up some roster spots for some of these guys. I mean, Jake, Jake neighbors needs to be on the varsity next year. I was talking to a, a blues executive a while ago. They're saying, you know, last year 
was bad for the development of a lot of guys. Goalies, you know, Joel Hofer didn't get many games. <clears throat> but he was saying, look, Nathan Walker played 12 games in all last year, but he thinks the taxi squad situation helped Nathan Walker because he was with the Blues and he was in the locker room and he was practicing with those guys. And even though he didn't play many games, that was good for him because it made him feel comfortable. He felt like he was part of the team, like he was an NHL player. And that was what he thought was the big difference for Walker from last year to this year, where the one case for a lot, you know, where the taxi squad helped out a guy. Yeah. And as it turns out, JT, the chief kind of, he's kind of taken a liking to him. And uh, that's uh, it's been evident from how he's uh, deployed him and uh, goes a long way. And he got oh, yeah. plenty of chief exposure and he figured out what the chief chief. It's not complicated. And, uh, <laughs> and Nathan, Nathan embraced it. And uh, it, it's a good story. Here's a guy born in Wales, raised in Australia, cut his hockey teeth in the Czech Republic. And then, you know, a long and complicated trail to finally getting a regular ice time in the NHL in 2022, man. Hell of a story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a great story. And, uh, I don't think the chief liked him that much at first, but the chief has grown to really like him. I mean, it wasn't like an instant man crush like the chief has on Torpchenko, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he grew to like, uh, he grew to like uh, Nathan Walker and uh, yeah, Nathan, Nathan could have a future. You know, and just in the immediate future, what does that playoff fourth line look like? Who are these guys? Cause there are all these pieces with Bozak back with Torpchenko with Walker uh, Logan Brown is McKecker and healthy. Just how do these guys all fit together uh, in the postseason fourth line? Yeah, and you know, get to the postseason. Joshua didn't hurt himself on his last call up, so he's probably down the list. But um, certainly, I think he got the the message. By the way, 2023 Blues Masterton nominee Nathan Walker. Write it down. Go ahead, and put it in there. It'll be helpful. <laughs> there you go. I he like it. Win. All right, JT. Um, the uh, it was really cool to watch Ryan Getzloff go out the way he did. I mean, a really nice ceremony. Luckily, T. Mussolini didn't kill anybody when he rolled out of the ice with the uh, very, very nice field. The kid, a vehicle that the kids are real happy to see. They were thrilled to see that thing. They're going to have some fun with that that, that monster that he rolled out for the family uh, estate. Uh, great ceremony out front. And then, my fr- oh, behind the back pass. I mean, it's not like the Blues are just going to give them the goal, right? But I'm sure nobody felt bad, uh, even who saw on, on the other side of that thing, that uh, that's how it played out, that uh, Ryan Getzlaff went out of the NHL with a behind-the-back assist. Well, what a cool time uh, in Anaheim. Well, maybe Huso wasn't too crazy because his, <laughs> goal, his goals against average took a little dent there. No, what, what, a, uh, what a fun night. As they're giving him all these uh, gifts, I'm thinking – this guy, how many millions of dollars a year is he making? Because why is he getting all this? Like the, the fantasy golf uh, thing where you go to all these famous golf courses and you stay in all these famous resorts. Does Ryan Getzlaff really need that? Not that I'm a golfer, but I mean, Jeff, are you a golfer? Give it to Jeff Gordon or somebody somebody uh, like that. But it was, uh, no, it, it was a lot of fun. For, for one, it was great to see the place packed. I've never seen atmosphere at the Honda center, obviously last year, because of the pandemic crowds were limited, but even before that I'd show up and there'd be, it, it, the place would be a uh, 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 half empty or Jay Bowmeister would keel over or they cancel the season after the game. It was nothing but bad stuff happened at the Honda center. 
and, and then you have this great night and it's to see the blues uh you know he's just scored on them the the, the man with what do you have over 700 assists he's just uh helped anaheim score a goal with a fantastic play stick taps from the blues before the center ice uh uh face off maybe that doesn't happen if they're down six to three instead of up six to three at the time but also it was cool they uh had kind of an informal handshake line not only that but they stuck around uh Getzlaff spoke to the crowd after the game and all the blues uh stuck around to listen to that that was pretty touching my favorite small anaheim honda center crowd story is being there doug Waite taking a high stick to the face and there were so few people there you could hear his his expletive screamed through the entire uh arena after after he, he took a pocket and i and i mentioned that to doug later and doug being doug Waite said felt really bad about it he was oh that's terrible people shouldn't have heard me heard me yell that but it's like but it's there was a small enough crowd the honda center that you could hear uh doug wayne's uh, pain and uh, uh and displeasure with taking a stick to the face in the highest reaches of the arena well, it was great for, for, for Getzlaff to get that kind of an outpouring. It's been a tough year for the Ducks. They gave away their players. Um, they didn't make one more postseason run with them. They, they could have gone for it, but they're in a rebuild. They used Ryan's final year as a, as a way to uh, mentor some really good young players for that franchise, but <laughs> kind of a tough ending because they were awful down the stretch. And uh, that's not ideal. And then the cool thing, JT, is they said, yeah, you know, Go out at, on, at home. You don't have to make that last trip. Just just take your gifts, parting gifts, and then head back to the estate. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah the final two games that, that that's all right, Ryan. You don't need to go through any more uh, any more anguish. But uh, yeah, it's been interesting to see. I don't I don't know. I've just noticed it more this year. You know the teams that are out of it. Just what that must be like, and maybe it's because the bottom half of the league is so non-competitive this year compared to recent years but you know when uh, last night for example i think i think anaheim played san jose why would that be a fun thing to, to attend and what are the players thinking when they're they're out there i guess if you love playing hockey you love playing hockey but uh uh it must be tough for some of these teams even though well i was going to say buffalo although it looks like they're turned the corner but what is it 11 seasons in a row they something like that they have made the playoffs mm-hmm and um, Jack Eichel is about to extend his streak unless something strange happens uh, in Vegas in these last few days. That, oh my uh, gosh, what a uh, what a drama that is! Yeah, let's segue to that, JT, because uh, the Blues will be seeing the Golden Knights. They uh, they, they drop a point to the Sharks with zero point nine seconds. They they blow a clearing pass, and Timo Meyer ends up with a, a bad bounce tap in opportunity. Uh, they end up uh, giving up a point to the Sharks. They lost the game to the Devils. Nobody loses to the Devils, but they did. And then they get, you know, in a must-win situation, eh, they just don't quite get it done against Dallas. And now um, I think by the time they get to get here, they're going to be toast. But, you know, and then Robin Leonard, he's going to be down to surgery. No, he's not. Well, yes, he is. And it wasn't stomach band surgery. Apparently it's going to be uh, – his shoulder, although he also has a knee injury. So uh, what a mess. I mean, that's just, and I guess by the time Vegas gets here, we'll, we'll make some more fun of him uh, at the end <laughs> of the week, but just uh, unimaginable that, that, well, that, that could and happen. That, that's the, uh, the kicker on all this is that DeBoer is, 
like, I, I believe two days in a row, he's ripping Leonard. He's ripping his goalie. And then we find out, oh, he needs surgery. And then didn't they, uh, didn't they use him as their backup? One of those yeah, they him up. He's, yeah. he's, he's ready for surgery and you're, you're, you're having him sit on the bench as the backup. Nuts. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation in Vegas. And I'm sure they will handle though the off season and anything they need to change calmly and, uh, you know, intelligently. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think it was ESPN or suggested this and it makes so much sense. They're going to go bright, shiny object again. You mm-hmm. watch those morons will, uh, they'll, they'll say they're going to try to turn Curry Price around. Who's, wow. who's the most wow. expensive and riskiest goaltender that we can find? <laughs> well, what, what, do you think Petros, what do you think Petro's thinking right now? Like, oh. What have I done? No, it's not going to be a good fallout. The board's got to be a dead man. And uh, like I say, uh, there's going to be more upheaval. Um, once again, they will try to get the, the don't off to uh, about where there's no trade protection expires, but they got to deal with that again. It's just, it just shows you, man, you, you, you got to, I mean, you just can't go about it willy nilly JT. This, you've got to be surgical in a league that's got a cap. This is like the NFL. You've got to manage your, you got to manage the money carefully in order to make the system work for you. Yeah. They kind of, uh, I think we need to take the credit card away from the, the, the <laughs> get, get the scissors out. I think that's the, one of the main reasons why people don't want Vegas to get in is because of, their salary cap situation and people looking, people didn't like it when Tampa did it and they're going to like it even less if, uh, if Vegas did, it. though, I was, you know, Vegas, if they've got everybody, it could be a very entertaining team to watch more entertaining than Dallas probably. But uh, there's just so many reasons people don't want Vegas to get in. One of them is Mark Andre Fleury. Who's now with the, the wild. They, they should have kept him, but Last topic on the net front, uh, the Wild finally have their streak end as well, their run, and uh, losing it you know, to the Coyotes, which was really uh, a surprise. But uh, uh, Fleury has not been – while he's, he's won his share of games, they leaned on him here at the end, and uh, he's not been great. Dumba's been, been out for a while, injured. And Spurgeon's, been, Spurgeon's been injured. Uh, JT, uh, and they've had trouble against the Blues. So it looks like I'm guessing Minnesota will have home ice still. They'll use their uh, their extra opportunity. But, um, yeah, if I'm a Wild fan, I'm a little concerned because, again, this is all in for them, and that had to be um, unsettling to see uh, the way uh, Flurry's been beat and also what's happening on their blue line. Yeah, yeah, and they, they just over the course of the season, they give up some goals. I think they're averaging uh, three goals a game uh, allowed. The Blues, uh, while they respect Flurry, I'm sure they're they're not uh, uh, fearful of him. I I believe the Blues the Blues have a winning record uh, career wise against Flurry. Uh, they've done very well against uh, Talbot, so they've got a uh, again they they have a lot of respect for Minnesota because Minnesota can score goals too. They're 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 all, they're almost right there with the Blues in terms of scoring goals, but. Uh, uh, I, I don't think the Blues, uh, while I respect them, I don't, I don't, I don't think they, they, they fear the Wild. And uh, I, I think also kind of a part, the Blues almost wish they weren't 13-1-2 against the Wild mm-hmm. under Baruby because it's, it's not that lopsided. The, the teams are very close, and this could be a series where, uh, like a, a big heavyweight fight, and even the winner is so drained that uh, the, the, the next time out, in this case, in hockey, the next series, that uh, they're not going to have much left. I mean, this uh, uh, this is going to be, a, a, I think, a, a hell of a series to watch. 
yeah, the Blues won their last two against Minnesota, but they were both overtime wins. So it's not like it's that big a, uh, a gap between the two. You can't rule out the Blues for second just yet. The Blues would just need to beat Vegas and have Minnesota lose one of those last two games, which are, while at home, Colorado and Calgary. So it's it's still doable for the Blues to get home ice. And, uh, of course, I think uh, Tom Stillman and his group would, wouldn't mind making sure that uh, if there's another uh, home game to be had, that's another million dollars for the bank. So that's great. Well, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been the Net Front Presence. Until next time, uh, see ya. Thank you.